Welcome back. It's Allison Graham here, and this is the Resiliency Ninja podcast. And today's episode is all about how you can choose better words to create better solutions. The power of the words you use cannot be underestimated. And I'm on a mission to help people interrupt the word patterns that they have so they can use more thoughtful languaging to have support better outcomes for their life and their overall ability to be resilient and to deal with life's obstacles without causing unnecessary stress, which if you've seen one of my late video, latest videos, you'll know that I believe that unhealthy, unnecessary stress is often caused by using uh, or adding misplaced emotion and negative story and negative words to our obstacles. So then we, you know, exaggerate them and catastrophize them and turn something that's just annoying into a disaster, right? When in actual fact, it's just annoying. So for example, this is now the second time that I'm recording the Resiliency Ninja podcast for today's episode. Why? Because I finished everything <laughs> all ready to go. And my recorder program on my computer crashed and it lost the main file. Was that a disaster? Did it need to slow me down? No, I was just like, oh, okay, you know what? I, I think that's gone and there's no backup anywhere. And so I'm just going to start over. No big deal. Resiliency Ninja at work right here. And the reason that I believe you can process things very quickly is when you choose better words. Now, we have to look at words that are describing our external circumstances and also our internal dialogue. Now, I've talked a lot about the internal dialogue uh, and the words you use to describe yourself to other people are often not the words that you would use to describe your best friend or your children or your dog or whoever else who you care about. And yet we're so harsh on ourselves. And one of the things I'm hoping you'll do after listening to this podcast is to take note and notice the patterns of language you use to describe the circumstances and yourself. For example, I had a client who we were, you know, working on her business development strategy and figuring out how can you grow your tech company. And she was always saying how awful she is at sales and bringing in revenue and business development and recognized she was good in other areas, but kept saying she was awful in these other areas. And I'm like, wow, you use that word a lot. And the word awful is actually a really strong word. I don't think you're awful at it. I think you have zero experience in it. I think you maybe have a warped sense of what it takes to do sales. I think you're having trouble articulating your value proposition and you're not awful at it. <laughs> you see the difference? It's a small tweak, but I believe that our brains don't know any differently. So if you're using catastrophic words, exaggerating circumstances, or negative stories to describe what's happening, then your brain is in this high cortisol, oh shoot, I'm in danger, there's a real issue here, I need to deal with this. And it takes a lot more work to get through life and more of a roller coaster ride and, and uh, it really shifts how you show up. 
and the belief you have in yourself. What also is interesting, I was in a meeting earlier this week, I just met this person, and she is, you know, has had a TV show and uh, has done a lot of success and, and is, is quite successful in her own right, and has a vision for the next step in her evolution and her journey professionally, which includes speaking and a book and uh, launching this program. And in so we're probably 15 minutes into this meeting at this point and we've just started talking you know five minutes into talking about her and what she has a vision for and um, what her plan is and she kept saying you know I know I'm just a nobody you know even though I'm just a nobody I think I can still like write this book or you know I had to think well like I'm a nobody who's gonna read this book and this word nobody just kept like doom, 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 like just flashing on this, you know. And if we were, you know, closed captioning her her conversation, would have been like the most used word in that conversation. And so I called her on it. Now it's just because I can't help myself, right? <laughs> so, you know, you say you're a nobody so far and I've only known you for 15 minutes and I feel like you're not a nobody, A, because you're here, B, because you have had a lot of success and C, because you're a human being and uh, no human being is a nobody or should ever be described as one. And so we unpacked that a little and, you know, she'd been in a relationship where she'd been called a nobody many times and then picked up on that languaging and started to believe it for herself. And we all have patterns like this. We all have bad patterns like this. And sometimes we'll use circumstances to and confuse the circumstance with our identity. For example, if you know my stories of early days and how uh, I was not comfortable public speaking and I would often embarrass myself. Well, instead of saying that I did something that was embarrassing, I interpreted and I carried around for a really long time that I am embarrassing, which is very different than the act was messed up or, or wasn't positive. And so we have to notice these patterns because if we don't notice the language we use and how destructive and disruptive it can be, then we'll just go through life and wonder why are, why is everything so hard? Like life isn't meant to be that hard. And actually there's another phrase. People will say things like, oh yeah, well life is hard. You know, um, that's how, like wherever that is, like money doesn't grow on trees or uh, something like that. And then of course you're wondering where's all the money, right? <laughs> like why is it not growing on trees? What if every leaf was representative of the abundance in the world? So there's, there's just patterns that the only person who can notice it is you or ask somebody who's in your life to tell you, what do you say about yourself? Are you constantly saying you're an idiot? Are you saying you're lazy? Are you, uh, you know, a lot of women go on and on about how they're fat. I used to fat shame myself all the time. And now I'm like, you know what? If I could only be as fat as I was when I first started saying I was fat. I mean, I was a skinny little thing and I didn't know it. And so I just like grateful for the body I have today. And by golly, thank God I'm still alive, right? Like, yay. 
I don't care what the weight is of everybody else who's in my life. And if people are that superficial, then they're probably not good friends anyway. So really interrupting that and finding the things that you do love about yourself can make life easier and it can help you become more resilient so that the obstacles you face aren't exaggerated. Another phrase that is really something that kind of gets my goat, as we might say, is, is every time someone says target market, I cringe. Why? Because every time they say target market, I immediately think of Bambi, you know, running for his life from the person who has made him a target, <laughs> right? No wonder people hate sales. Why would we treat prospects as targets? When you hit your target, the target dies. Use better words, create better solutions. When we start shifting target market to prime prospect, then it's more about serving our the people who we're serving, our clients. The It's more about finding common ground. It's not about hey, run away from me, I'm going to chase you with all I've got and be uh, because you're my target. So that's one of the words that cringe when I say it. And by the way, it's used almost every day I talk to somebody who has something to do with sales, I hear the words target market. Now in the last recording, which you don't get to hear because the computer has sucked it up into the abyss and it's nowhere to be found. I was saying at that time that I, you know, used to use the phrase target market. Of course, that's how I was taught. That's what I learned. And I was like, I, in my book, do I still use target market? Like I haven't read my business book in a lot of years. And it's, uh, if you haven't read this yet, it's a great resource. Save the fact that I'm about to tell you what's in it. That's going to drive you nuts because it drives me nuts now. Um, oh, and see, I'm going to catch that word too doesn't drive me nuts. I'm not nuts. That's like technically means crazy. <laughs> it's a little annoying <laughs> or it's, it's too bad that it's in there. Anyway, I digress. So the book is called From Business Cards to Business Relationships, Personal Branding and Profitable Networking Made Easy. And there are actually uh, some universities that use it as a textbook. My corporate clients still order this from me uh, for their people if they want them to get out there and network and build relationships, uh, profitable relationships that is. And on the last podcast, I was, I wish I had it because it was so like in the moment. I opened it up and I went, oh, there it is, target market. So my old book still has the target market phraseology in it. And uh, if you have this book, I'm going to ask you every time I say target market, just scratch it out because it loses the essence of what we're trying to accomplish, which if you are in a really great uh, you know, business where you are passionate about what you do and what you have to offer and how you can serve people, then even using the word target is basically like you want to eat what you kill. Like it doesn't make any sense. So there's one. Earlier this week, I was doing a strategy day with uh, a small firm and a lawyer, uh, a legal firm, and a bunch of lawyers in the room. And the managing partner, she said, uh, you know, I sort of talked about the target market and my, you know, sort of joked about Bambi and everything. 
And she said the one phrase that drives me nuts when you think about it literally, but people use it all the time, is the phrase reaching out. And she shared that every time somebody sends her a note and says, I'm just reaching out to you, she imagines like the Carrie, like remember the old uh, horror flick, uh, you know, coming out of her computer screen and reaching out for her, you know? <laughs> so I thought that was really uh, funny and it's true. So now I will not use that phrase, reaching out. Because again, you know, I don't, I don't know if it does any damage, but it just sort of takes you in the wrong spot. I, uh, I had a call, if you heard a couple weeks ago, I think I, or, I don't know, whatever it was, I did a podcast on living with chronic pain, chronic neuropathic pain, specifically. And I got some, a lot of response on that, as you could well imagine, a lot of people really curious about how did I manage to minimize my pain and, and learn uh, how to live with my pain and not let it stop me. And I really truly believe one of the most beneficial things I did, and I can't take full credit for this, it was Dr. T who taught me this. He's the one who called me out on my language patterns so that I could learn how to change things. I, what I really believe happened is I stopped adding adjectives to my pain. What do I mean by that? Well, I used to say things like, it's unbearable. Well, actually, it's not unbearable because here I am still alive bearing it. And we use these phrases and these adjectives as words and we, we don't even mean it. And yet, when I would say things like the pain is unbearable, it just makes it, your brain goes, oh shit, it's unbearable. Well, I guess I better not bear it. And then you're on the couch, you know, cuddled up in the fetal position, screaming for your mommy, right? Uh, no wonder it was hard. So now I, I just am like, oh, I have a pain peak. My pain has peaked. Okay, just going to deal with that. As opposed to, oh my God, I can't move. I need to collapse. <laughs> I, I'm being dramatic. I'll tell you though, it happens all the time. It's uh, my, uh, one of the people who called what has a daughter who has fibromyalgia and has gone on uh, government assistance and disability and is not dealing well at all with her pain. And the words the mom used the entire time was it's debilitating pain, debilitating, debilitating, debilitating. She probably said it 10 times in one call. And so if you are continually reinforcing that something is debilitating, then what's your brain going to go? Oh, yeah, right. I'm debilitated. It's, and lo and behold, debilitated. So what's your word? What is the word that you're using to describe yourself or the circumstances around you? Are you saying you're an idiot? Are you fat? Are you awful? Are you debilitated? Is it a disaster? When a disaster is a tsunami or an earthquake, not getting caught in traffic or being late for a meeting, that's not a disaster. Are you saying you're stressed? If you haven't seen my Disrupt HR video that I did uh, yet, please take a look at that because I talk about using the, this, obviously this message, use better words, create better solutions. 
And I talk about if you're constantly saying you're stressed, choose another word. And it's not that you can't say these words, it's just you have to then interrupt the pattern, notice them, interrupt the pattern and go, okay, I'm going to choose a new word. Because if you're bucket everything under stress, then we lose the opportunity to say, okay, are you tired? Are you hungry? Are you uh, pangry? Are you, uh, which is pain and anger put together, that's my word, um, are you scared? Are you overwhelmed? If you're overwhelmed, we can deal with that. Stressed is really an ambiguous term, hard to deal with. And, you know, resiliency ninjas, we don't live in a stressful state. We deal with the obstacles as they are, and we remove the misplaced emotion and the negative stories and the um, exaggeratory words that face our obstacle. And so I'm going to challenge you to do that. Notice your words. Then when you say them, interrupt the pattern by going, nope, I'm going to choose another word. What's a better word for right now? And... I will guarantee you, if you can start this pattern of using more thoughtful, more supportive language in your life, everything becomes easier. You're like, ah, it's just an obstacle. It's not stressful. It's just a thing I got to deal with. And you're capable and you're wise and you can absolutely deal with it. I believe in you that you can. So Resiliency Ninjas listeners out there, tell me what your word is. What is your word? Send me a private note, put it in a post, whatever you'd like, and share this with somebody who you know who uh, uses negative words to describe themselves and help support them to do better. Thanks so much for being here. Have the best day ever, and I will chat with you in the next Resiliency Ninja episode. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.